Welcome to this edition of Life's Tough, Crypto is Tougher. I'm Dustin Planet, your host. Along with me tonight is my dear friend, Brad Kimes. Brad, welcome to the show. Good to see you, Dustin. Yeah, and on the show, we have an incredible guest that uh, will be on momentarily, uh, Mr. Roger Veer. Uh, the name, you should know it, he's more than a pioneer. The man was in the beginning of all of this. He has done something that very few people have been able to do. He's also directed an industry that in many ways has had no regulation. He's fought for all of us in this space day after day. He's taken a beating for many of us. And tonight we welcome him onto the show to have him tell his story. How did he get in to Bitcoin? What makes him so fascinated about this space and what he thinks is gonna happen moving forward? So with that, let's welcome on chairman of Bitcoin.com, crypto pioneer, the man, the myth, the legend, Roger Veer. Roger, welcome to the show. Sure, I've made one more switch. Did that help anything? Uh, oh, we got you now. That's amazing. Roger, welcome to the show. So, Roger, are you a Bitcom fan or a Bitcoin fan? Like, we just want this once and for all settled. <laughs> I, I'm a fan of anything that works. So if it's useful, people are going to use it, and I like it. Utility. Isn't that really what this is all I don't about? Know what Bitcom is. Yeah, I don't either. Like, I think they make this up yeah, as I think they that's go. that's the whole thing is Technology is supposed to serve people, not the other way around. So. Yeah, amen. And talking about utility, what, what really, what does utility mean to you, Roger? Utility means improving somebody's life, making their life easier or better or happier in, in some way. And for everybody, it's a little bit different. For some people, marijuana is really useful because it makes them happy. For other people, they like alcohol. For other people, they don't like anything at all, but, you know, maybe water and and uh, yoga. So it just depends on the person. I like yoga. Uh, you a yoga guy? Everybody should be able to pursue their own rainbow. Hey, amen to uh, that. I'm more of a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy than yoga. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Brad, you have that look of like, I'm going to dig in here. I want to dig in. It's like, you know, I saw that in your Wikipedia, Roger, and I just found that to be really interesting because I studied Ishinru, which is a martial arts form that came directly from Okinawa, Japan. And I was like really intrigued about that. Are you still practicing, Roger? Yeah, I, I wanted to go yesterday, but ran out of time with all the, the work. But hopefully today I'll get a training session in. And I, I really love it and enjoy it and find it to be a, a great way to get some exercise and relieve stress and, uh, you know, make new friends. Anywhere you go in the world, you can find a, a jiu-jitsu club and you'll instantly have a, a new local group of friends. So not, it's really, uh, not too far really away. fun. Although now sometimes when I show up, people people recognize me even that, that I don't know. And they say, hey, you're that Bitcoin guy. You're, yeah. you're the guy. What's <laughs> that like, by the way? Like, the, the moment you had a Wikipedia page, did you know, like, you made it? Like, what did that feel like? Uh, I think Naval Ravikant said that it, it's better to be rich and anonymous than rich and famous. And I, I think that's so true. It, it's kind of scary when you go into a convenience store, you go somewhere and somebody you don't know at all knows you and starts talking to you about all sorts of things. And, you know, I always try to be nice to everybody, but... I think it's something that human beings aren't used to uh, psychologically when somebody knows all about you and you know nothing and about that, them. That must That's be really weird. And I, unnerving feeling. I, and I imagine yeah. everybody's telling you their story to ask you to donate something to them. And tell me I'm wrong. Like, people don't want anything from you. That, that happens uh, pretty often. I think the, the, the worst one is I, I sat down on an airplane flight, and the guy sitting in the next seat next to me is a Japanese guy, and he asked me in Japanese, like, excuse me, Art are you Roger Veer? And I'm, I said, yes. And then he spent the next five hours telling me about his ICO. 
<laughs> he's waiting for you to like help him out huh i mean how do you find that how do you find the balance is a long pitch that, that's a really long bit were you bored after the first five like what does roger veer do when you like i have adhd do you zoom out like to i'm going to create the next next thing like what do you do in your brain throughout the day like what happens in roger's mind uh and there's just so much happening every day so i think those the way my mind works is figure out what I can get, to, what's the most important thing that I can get done in a short amount of time right now yeah. so I can move on to the next step. And then, uh, you know, it's been really fantastic. We have such a wonderful team at Bitcoin.com now that's really able to help leverage all these things. So, yeah, tell us so about one that. One example of this is we, well, I came up with the idea of how to make anonymous bear shares that are able to collect dividends on the Bitcoin Cash blockchain. And I'm sure I wasn't the only person to, to think that up, but I, I was, I guess, actually, I'm sure I'm the only person to have actually executed on that idea. But I, I didn't do it myself. We have this amazing team of developers and I said, hey, here's how this can work. Here's how we can do it. Let's put the pieces together that already exist to enable this. And they put it together. And, and so historically, there's been anonymous bear shares. And historically, there have been dividends. I don't think there's ever been a case in which you have anonymous bear shares that are also able to collect dividends. We just recently, within the last like two weeks, built that on the Bitcoin Cash blockchain. And wow. I think that's going to become really, really popular because now anyone, anywhere in the world can not only have like an ICO, but they can have an IPO and they can pay all their, their shareholders dividends on the blockchain and they don't have to That's know incredible. what country they're in or what age they are or anything at but all. But how it's do really you amazing. do this, Roger, when it's never been done before? How do you fight way? How do you go through all this chaos to find the solution? Wow. To be honest, I think I attribute a, a good chunk of it or a good chunk of my outside of the box thinking to playing Magic the Gathering as a kid. And for anybody that's played Magic the Gathering, they'll realize that you really have to think of so many different ways. To you, even though you have you know, the same set of cards in your hand, there's so many different ways you can play them. And I kind of look at the world in general like that. Like here's the, you know, there's all these cards in life or all these opportunities or tools, but the way you play them can make a million different possibilities or outcome. And so you have to look for ways to play those cards that you have available in ways that other people probably haven't considered. And uh, so I really appreciate the, outside the box thinking that came from Magic the Gathering for anybody that's familiar with that card game. Yeah, and wow. and for you, since you're an entrepreneur, I'm sure that, well, you have lots of ideas, some of the things that work and some that don't work. When do you make a decision to give up on a project? Like, when do you finally draw that this didn't work and it's time to move on? How do you make that decision as an entrepreneur? Yeah, um, ultimately, the market tells you if you're, if you're getting paid for what you're doing, that's a sign that other people value what you're doing and that you should continue. Um, but uh, on the other hand, though, too, you know, not giving up and being persistent, that's how things get accomplished. You know, if, if the Wright brothers had given up after their first failure, they probably would have never built the first airplane. Somebody else who didn't give up and was persistent would have managed to do it. So, uh, so I, I guess I can be pretty stubborn in, in, in that regards. When I think something's a good idea, I stick at it and I keep going. Even in the earliest days of Bitcoin, people said, oh, this is a, a stupid Ponzi scheme and a, a pyramid scheme and nobody's ever going to use that at all. And I, I knew with my own mind, of course, people are going to start using this as money. And sure enough, people did. And today, you know, lots of people have very heated opinions about Bitcoin Cash. But it's so clear to me that it's a, a more useful form of money than the, the thing that everybody's calling Bitcoin today. So that's why I'm busy focusing on Bitcoin Cash today. And I'm, I'm really excited and optimistic about that one as well. Very nice. Roger, this is Brad. Uh, first of all, thank you for being here. It's really a pleasure. Um, I, I'm interested to get your perspective on outside of what you just shared with us, what you're seeing for the future of Bitcoin Cash. I know you're very excited about what you're doing. Tell us some more about Bitcoin Cash. 
so at, at the end of the day, I'm excited about anything that works. And the thing that made me start using Bitcoin Cash instead of the, the thing that everybody's calling Bitcoin today is because Bitcoin Cash works the exact same way as the Bitcoin that I got involved with back in 2011 was working. It provides fast, cheap, reliable payments that are useful in e-commerce for people to actually buy and sell things. And on top of that, now there's this entire token economy that's uh, possible on top of Bitcoin Cash with super fast, cheap, reliable token transactions. And so those two things together, I think, are a really, really powerful winning combination. They're going to see more and more traction by uh, by companies all over the world. And, uh, you know, industry leaders are, are, are showing that as well. We just announced uh, three days ago uh, HTC, the world-famous mobile phone maker. They're now preloading our Bitcoin.com wallet into every HTC Exodus One phone. That's, that's uh, exciting. That's our, I mean, look at that. That's that exciting. You, you've been involved with pushing a phone manufacturer, a technology company, that early days would have said, we're not touching this. This is what the cartels, the mob, the mafia, they went on and on, I, I imagine, behind the scenes with Bull Never to, yeah, we need to do this. I mean, that must be exciting for you to see that you've been pushing this before anybody came on board. You were, you were one of the earliest adopters, man. I mean, we're here, quite frankly, because people like you. Well, well, thank you, but uh, it, it, it's all of us together, right? If I'm one person using money by myself and nobody else in the world is using it, then, it, then it's not useful. Well said. And so the more people on the network, the more useful it becomes. So I appreciate you helping get the word out in regards to this. And uh, again, I want to say it over and over. I'm a fan of anything that works. Uh, yeah. And the reason I like Bitcoin Cash is because it works, not not because it's Bitcoin Cash or, or something like that. I get it. You're all so about utility. Anything that's useful. Yeah, and, and the utility case. Exactly. So when you see the different utility providers of the market, do you have partnerships uh, with any of the other major blockchains? I mean, how do everybody, do they get along? Um, I think everybody gets along pretty darn well with everybody, with the exception of the BTC camp now. They, they seem to think that everything that's not BTC is a scam, and they they love to attack other projects. But I, sure I own do. a bunch of Ethereum, I own Dash, I own Monero, I own Zcash, I own Ripple, I own Stellar. I own anything that I think has a good shot becoming useful still calling it ripple huh I, roger still calling it ripple good <laughs> throw the xrb so another fun fact in regards to i was technically the second person ever involved with, with ripple or xrp whatever you want to call it so the original idea for it came from jed mccaleb uh, as most people probably know uh but his idea was that hey roger i think bitcoin mining is wasteful it uses lots of electricity and it doesn't and we can accomplish the same thing with using less electricity so I know he said that he knows how to make a version of Bitcoin that doesn't require mining and uh, and asked if I would pay for the, the, the David Schwartz, who now became the CTO, said, you know, hey, can you pay this guy's salary to help build it? And I'll guide it and we'll work on it together. So I said, sure, let's give it a try. And I think that was way back in uh, 2012. So technically, wow. I was uh, that's incredible. the second person so ever involved in, in Ripple. As well. That's incredible. Again, wow. Anything that works. Anything that works. That's incredible, Roger. And why is it that... More of this doesn't come out, Roger. I mean, you are, you're somebody that has embraced the community in many different ways. You know, you, you are, again, you are not for one. You are candidly for all. You want them to succeed. Any, when it comes to utility, you want it to succeed. Yeah, and, and the only reason I switched from using the BTC version of Bitcoin is because it stopped being useful to me in my business. I was buying and selling things and paying people all over the world. And when the fees became, you know, 50 or even $1,000 each per transaction, uh, that's not usable. I mean, bank wire transfer is better than paying a $1,000 fee uh, for, these, for these things. So that's when I, I needed to switch to, to something else that was, you know, fast, cheap, and reliable. And I looked at the options. There were lots of them out there, but uh, eventually settled on, on Bitcoin Cash being the one that seemed like the best. But, uh, 
you know, I, I occasionally make transactions with XRP or Dash or some or Zcash or some of these other currencies as well, depending on what's going on. But uh, by far and away, Bitcoin Cash is the one that we use the most because it's accepted at more than 100,000 websites. And it's accepted at dozens of physical places here in Tokyo. In fact, that's uh, remarkable. Yesterday, yeah. I had lunch. I had lunch at a restaurant that uh, I could pay for in, in Bitcoin Cash. It was great. Yeah, and to know that you've been involved, I mean, that's also exciting to see when the masses and when others start to jump in to something that you got involved with before anybody ever knew it, it existed. That must be quite exciting for you to see it now. I mean, people are talking about it. The president gets on stage and talks about it. Uh, it talks about the, the crypto space. Like this is. Big? Is it bigger than you thought, or did you think it's you thought it was bigger than it is today? Like, what did you see was going to happen? I think it's it, it, I think it's still really, really, really small compared to where it's going. I, when I first heard about this, I, I literally hardly slept at all. I slept for about an hour a night for about a week until I got so sick I literally had to be hospitalized from lack of sleep because I became so excited about the invention of Bitcoin and, and the ways this is going to change the world for the better. So we're still just getting started. It's still, you know, we, we've hardly seen maybe even even 1% of, uh, of about what's going to, to take place thanks to this invention. That's, that's incredible. So, uh, Roger, um, let me ask you, and look, I know things don't go this way, and it never does go this way, but everything going the way that you're seeing your vision, where where do you see Bitcoin Cash? What does Bitcoin Cash look like in three years? I think in three years, Bitcoin Cash has, has caught up and surpassed where BTC was. A year or two ago, I mean, the part that's the most frustrating for me, and not to dive too deep into crypto politics, but right. I think the entire cryptocurrency ecosystem has been set back by around half a decade by the whole civil war and scaling debate that went on within Bitcoin. What a shame! And that's the yeah. part that's most frustrating for me. Yeah, because life is fast; the years tick by so quickly, and the human condition—you know—we we need to hurry up and and, yeah. and not waste any time and improve the lives of everybody sure. as fast as we possibly can. And to lose five years on this whole, you know, what, what should have been a non-issue has been really, really frustrating. So where's Bitcoin Cash in three years? Uh, I think it'll it'll be continuing on the same path that Bitcoin was to begin with. More and more adoption in actual commerce, more and more people around the world using it to buy and sell things and to pay each other. And uh, the flip side of being able to use something as money is that people start to use it as a store of value. The reason everybody loves to use the dollar or the euro as a store of value is because you can spend sure. it anywhere in uh, those respective jurisdictions. Uh, something that's only used as a store of value but doesn't have any secondary use case other than being used as a store of value is called a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. And if you take away the secondary use cases, uh, it, there's no reason that anybody would use no it reason. as a store of value. And so so I'm, I'm real bullish on, on Bitcoin Cash. For that one reason. of the questions Sorry. we have from Muff has a fun name. I want to have you say it. Muffinhead121. Say that name, Roger. Muffinhead121, I would love to hear your question. I would love to know his opinion on other BTC whales what they're like they're like billionaires in a way so it's a kind of a good question like whales in the space i mean you're a whale does it ever scare you that not everyone thinks like you or do they think like you tell us about the, the space of the whales like do you guys swim in the same like lakes or oceans are you members of the same club so most of the early whales that i know um they're all big fans of bitcoin cash today uh, most of the people that didn't buy and hold on to bitcoin at all uh, maybe they still like BTC today. So uh, uh, a great example of that is Rick Falking, the founder of the Swedish party, uh, Pirate Party. In 2012, he wrote a blog post saying why he's going all in on Bitcoin and selling everything he owns to buy Bitcoin. And today he's a great big giant Bitcoin Cash fan. 
And, uh, you know, myself, I fall into that same boat. Uh, another guy named uh, Olivia Janssen, even earlier to me, uh, to Bitcoin. Now he's a big, giant Bitcoin cash fan. So if you look at the early, early people that believed in the vision of Bitcoin, the vast majority They're of them uh, are Bitcoin cash fans today. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're the ones that are really driving this adoption in commerce. And the adoption in commerce is what drives the long-term price. And, yeah. Uh, I'm really... And, I'm really optimistic. Bitcoin Cash is only three hundred bucks today. That's, Isn't that incredible? That's I mean, that's a bargain compared yeah. to where where, where Bitcom is today, right? I mean, it's that's a that's and a, that's if a big you difference. Look at the target markets, right? If you look at the target markets, so the the thing that everybody's calling Bitcoin today, they want to be you know digital gold, the world store of value, and that that's a big market cap. But Bitcoin Cash is trying to be cash for the entire world, and the market cap of all the money in the entire world is much 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 bigger in the market cap of all the gold in the world, yet the price is 30 times less. So you have way more potential upside and way more uh, chance of achieving that upside with Bitcoin Cash than you do with the thing that everyone's calling Bitcoin today, which from my point of view, the thing that you know is described in the white paper and the thing I got involved in in 2011, today it's called Bitcoin Cash. This thing called Bitcoin today is some other project that, that uh, got started much more recently that somehow manages to have the name of the original project that I got involved that's, in. That's incredible. Um, talking about some of the other projects we have here in the chat room, uh, you can do a shout out to Digital Asset Investor. Shout them out, Roger. Digital Asset Investor, you're, you're investing in the right space. Yeah, all right. So, uh, Roger, speaking about, uh, now you mentioned a few minutes ago, um, XRP or Ripple, um, and uh, you, you've been a big supporter of them as well in the digital, in the digital uh, I don't know, the, the digital space. Um, what do you think going forward? Why do you think the media is so against uh, Ripple, or do you think that is a FUD in itself? Like, do you see they support Ripple's success, or do you think the media is against them? I think the media is uh, in favor of whatever will get the more views or more clicks on the website for the most part. And negative news sells a lot more than positive news. You, if you report, you know, uh, a guy helped an old lady across the street, nobody cares. But if you report on a guy mugged an old lady crossing the street, everybody you know, pays attention to that and clicks on it. So yeah, well uh, said. bad news sells, unfortunately. Yeah, sure. Does. Um, and going forward, uh, where we are today, where do you see the the, I don't know, the the market cap? Where do you think it's going to be in the next year or two? It, looking in that that big old crystal ball you got, it probably is a Bitcoin cash ball, but the Bitcoin cash ball. Where do you see it going? Yeah, no, nobody knows in the short term, but in the long term, use in actual commerce where people are using it to buy and sell things, that's what drives the long term price. Uh, and so I, I think as you see more and more people start to use whatever cryptocurrency in commerce. Uh, that's the one that I would be the most bullish on in the long-term price. And, uh, you know, I was just in Tokyo at a new store that started accepting Bitcoin Cash yesterday. They put a big, giant Bitcoin Cash billboard on the side of this, you know, big, giant building. And he said they just started accepting Bitcoin Cash about maybe two months ago. And they've already had more than $200,000 in sales uh, of people that's paying in Bitcoin Cash. So, like, yeah. Now, exactly. let's talk about fees. I, I, what, I mean, I mean so paying Visa and MasterCard and uh, American Express, like, is it really cheaper to use Bitcoin Cash than, than using than using one of them? It's absolutely cheaper. Maybe that's part of what attracted me to Bitcoin so much early on is I had a business selling computer memory, and our, the main payment method was credit cards. And we had people every single day with stolen credit cards trying to order computer memory from us. Uh, and so it was a headache dealing with those sorts of things. And then even when they, you know, real people with real credit cards, even when they would pay, you still have to wait about a week to get your money from the credit card company. And occasionally you'd have chargebacks and it would be just so much work. Whereas with, you know, cryptocurrencies, boom, you're paid instantly and that's the end of the story. So it's 
so much easier and so much more convenient for the merchant and, and cheaper too, yeah. lower fees. Now, what what wallet do you recommend? What's the what's the best one in the market when it comes to Bitcoin Cash? What would you recommend out there? Or is there a, a, a like a prepaid debit card? Now, I use the one by MCO, Crypto.com. Uh, but are there ones you can recommend for people? Which ones do you like? Yeah, I recommend... Yeah, so I use Bitcoin Cash the most, and for that, I'm using the Bitcoin.com wallet, but I have a bunch of other wallets on my phone as well. I have the Blockchain.com uh, wallet. I have a Trust wallet. I have uh, Jax. I have a whole bunch of different wallets, and I'm constantly experimenting with the wallets to try and find the best features so that we can implement them into the Bitcoin.com wallet. But, uh, you know, try out whatever ones your, your friends are using and ask for advice, and, you know, please give the Bitcoin.com wallet a try as well. But uh, use whatever's the most useful to you in, in your life. And the, the wallet that's the most useful in Tokyo or, or America or Canada might be a totally different wallet than the one that's the most useful in, in the Philippines or Brazil or Venezuela like that. So give, give them all a try and uh, figure out which one's the most useful for you. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm obviously biased, but I do think the Bitcoin.com wallet is pretty darn good. And it's about to get a lot better, too. I'm playing with our beta version here in the office that will cool. be like to see it yeah. here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, make sure you send me over so a bit. I'd, I'd like, to, like to play with it. That's awesome. So, I Roger, yeah, so, Roger, I wanted to ask you a question. I wanted to go, actually, I wanted to go back and have you just retouch on something because when you talked about building the like collateralization and the value, the real sustainable store of value within Bitcoin Cash, um, when I that it, it just really like a, a, a green light goes off in my head because. As we move in this space to a new normal with the regulatory clarity and such like that, I feel like it's a big deal that assets find utility, but not only find utility, but find utility and then build a store of value of liquidity in it, and then they can collateralize that asset. And I believe this is like a one-two punch for the real assets that survive long-term in this space. Do you feel that way as well? I think you hit the nail right there on the head. And when you talk about collateralizing these things too, the tokens on Bitcoin Cash, where you can anonymously pay dividends to all the token holders, so yeah. you can collateralize mortgages, bonds, like absolutely. stocks, absolutely anything. I, I think this is going to be a really, really big deal. And then anyone can transfer these tokens around the world anywhere instantly for a fraction of a penny. Uh, I think this is a game changer for the whole world. And uh, I, really I think we're just getting started. I do too. And when I think of it, it's much, and it's, it's, I mean, it's, I try to stress on my channel to the audience and I'm so glad that you're touching on it. It really did set a light bulb, off, a light bulb moment for me. Like we got to go back on this because it's, it's not really just about bringing secondary use cases to the assets. It's a really about a larger macro thing that's happening, which is you're building out this new financial space, right? Yeah, so like a fun example of, of this that, that, that we've created now, and it would just need uh, to, I guess, open it and make it legal so that uh, normal companies can start using it. But Coca-Cola, for example, everybody in the entire planet knows what Coca-Cola is, and almost everybody's probably tried it at some point. Right. But very, very few people in the world can own Coca-Cola stock. You have to be someone in a first-world nation with an E-Trade account or Charles Schwab or whatever like that right. in order to own Coca-Cola stock. But now, with the invention of these tokens on the Bitcoin Cash blockchain, we could tokenize traditional Coca-Cola stock. And every quarter when Coca-Cola pays out dividends, we can pay out the dividends to all the Coca-Cola token stockholders as well wow. anywhere in the world. So now mm. some, some guy you know, in Brazil or Indonesia or India or, or Russia or anywhere in the world can easily buy Coca-Cola stock as soon as we tokenize that on the blockchain. Any, any trusted custodian can do that right now today. 
so long as it's legal from the politicians to do that. But uh, and where do you see that, how great Roger? That would be for Coca Cola. Yeah, where do you see the uh, the regulation coming? Yeah. Building the tools. All right. uh, the, the the regulations and the regulators. I'm I'm not yeah. really a fan of. I think the general rule of thumb should be anybody should be allowed to do anything that's peaceful. And getting a small group of people together and telling everybody else that they have to get permission from that small group of people or they're going to hurt them, that's that's not something that's peaceful in my book. That's something that's retarding the entire world's rate of economic growth and, and you know, slowing down humankind's progress as a whole. And so I'm, I'm not excited about slowing down humankind's rate of progress. I want to speed it up. And uh, for the most part, the regulations are, are slowing down humankind's progress and bad people are going to do bad things regardless of the laws or regulations. Uh, I think good people disobey bad laws and bad people well uh, ignore good laws. Yeah. Question for you. And one that I have been wanting to know for a while, Craig Wright, is he really the creator <laughs> of Bitcoin? I mean, you've been in the space for a long time. What do you think? Man, I, I, I really, really don't know. He's uh, he's certainly a one heck of a character and he's either, he's either an amazing magician and and you know con man or he had something to do with it in some way shape or form uh at this point i don't really know and don't really care and, and don't really want people he, like he's that really hurting our he, he's really hurting our space in many yes. ways yeah i think vitalik uh the creator of ethereum summed it up so well he said if if craig wright tomorrow were to be able to prove beyond any doubt that he was satoshi it would lower my opinion of Satoshi. It wouldn't improve my opinion of Craig Wright. That's a great response. That's that's a great what response. is Vitalik like, by the way? Nerdy, nerdy <laughs> computer. Is it easy great. conversation or is it kind of tough? Like, do you fight for it? No, no, it's fantastic conversation. I think his biggest problem is when you get him on a topic he's interested in, he's so excited and his brain is working so fast, he has a hard time you know, getting the words out of his mouth fast enough to keep up with his brain. So that, that's probably the, the, the biggest problem he has. He's, he's fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. No, go ahead. All right, yeah. Go. So uh, also getting into it, market cap, and the question keeps getting asked, so I don't mean to kind of throw it at you, but uh, do you think the market cap's going to double uh, a year from now or uh, triple a year from now, or do you think we're going to be pretty stagnant? Uh, I'm, that's really, really hard to predict. Uh, I think there'll be plenty of volatility between now and then. But long term, the, the market cap is driven by the use in commerce. And the more use we can drive in commerce, the, the higher the market cap will go. And the more use coming down the road in commerce that people can see, the more speculators that will jump in in advance of that and, uh, and buy into the system, which will help push up the market cap uh, as well. So if you want, uh, if you want the price to go up, work on merchant adoption That's and well said. in actual commerce and actual trade. And when are we going to see you on Amazon.com? I mean, or not you, but Bitcoin Cash. When is Amazon.com going to allow us to, to use crypto assets, uh, Bitcoin Cash or something uh, else with utility? When's this going to happen? Today. Um, there's Perks.io is one of my favorite websites. You can buy anything you want on Amazon at a 20% discount using Bitcoin Cash. Wow. And uh, I think, to be honest, that's probably even better than using it on Amazon directly because wow. if you use it on Amazon directly, you would not get any discount. By using purse.io, you get a 20% discount using Bitcoin Cash. That's a big... What was the website again? I apologize. Purse, like a, like a woman's handbag, uh, .io. Purse, P-U-R-S-E dot I-O. Perfect. P-U-R-S-E dot I-O. That is the the site for for all things... Uh, and Bitcoin Cash uh, in the States, are, are we going to start to see it on ATM machines or is it already out there? Oh, there already are. In fact, they just launched the first Bitcoin Cash ATM machine in Venezuela about a week ago. 
Wow. And uh, Bitcoin.com, we bought, I forget the exact number, I think we bought 50 or 100 uh, ATM machines maybe a year or two ago and uh, leased them all out to a whole bunch of people that are uh, running Bitcoin Cash ATM machines uh, for the most part across North America, but uh, a couple of them made their way down to South America as, as well. So, uh, yeah, we're going to see more and more of that. And uh, Bitcoin.com, we're not focused on you know, one merchant at a time or one wallet at a time. We're working on plugging the big, giant existing networks where we can turn on you know, tens of thousands of ATMs all at the same time or tens of That's thousands fantastic. of shops all at the same time. So uh, watch for the big enterprise uh, adoption to come happening on Bitcoin Cash. Thanks to our, our uh, efforts at Bitcoin.com, we have a really amazing team of business developers. And that's why we're working with first class companies like HTC and a number of other ones. That, big uh, players. We haven't I mean, made the Roger, why would, yet, but yeah, we're working with the big players directly. I mean, with the United States inability, USA's inability to, to get anything done from a regulatory, why would you want to... like? Why would a business want to create, develop something here in the States around the blockchain space with all like with all the dysfunction around? Like, wouldn't you just want to go overseas? So how, why do you think this is? I mean, we're going to be, I mean, beaten every single week we wait, right? Or, or no? Yeah, and America is the richest country in the world because for a long, long time, it was the freest country in the world. And that economic freedom allowed Americans to start businesses without having to ask for permission and jump through all sorts of hoops. And it unleashed this amazing engine of, of economic growth. And America became the wealthiest nation in the entire world. But unfortunately now, America is no longer on that same path of economic freedom for everybody and, and not having to get permission to do every little last thing with your business. And so the economic freedom has diminished in America. And because of that, the economic growth will diminish in America. And so you were seeing... You know, many of the, the best and the brightest American entrepreneurs are literally leaving America. And, and I, I, it's sad for me to say it, but one of the best business decisions I ever made was to leave America and stop being an American. It was one of the smartest business moves I, I have ever done. And there's all sorts of other amazing what could have been American entrepreneurs that have done the same thing. I, Eduardo Severin of, of Facebook and, uh, you know, uh, the list goes on and on. There's lists on the Internet where you see people calling these people, you know, they're not patriots and they're traitors and this and that. No, if you think about it, those are the most patriotic Americans. They're the ones that are holding truest to the American uh, ideals that America was founded on of going and, and, you know, carving your own path and doing your own thing and not asking for permission. Yeah. Isn't that the, the least? So, yeah. That, that's the least democratic way or is to say to somebody, to say to Roger or some others who made the decision to do that, to say, well, you're the bad guy. I go, well, why? Just because you wouldn't do it? Like, well, but that's Roger's decision. I, I, I'm a libertarian as well. Government should not be interfering, nor should people be given their opinions on what other people decide to do with their lives or, or where they decide to live. Um, I, I personally, one day I go, I plan on visiting you in Tokyo uh, or uh, living overseas uh, to be able to raise my family in a different culture. I want to show them the world. Uh, but it doesn't make me not American. Yeah, if, if you, and you're, 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 no argument for me there. And if you think about how crazy it is, this is this flying rock going around through outer space with a bunch of us, you know, little guys running around on this, this rock and yet certain small groups of people are trying to say that other groups of people have to get permission to go from one piece of this rock That's crazy. to another. And if you Isn't don't that insane? Send in with guns wearing costumes to stop you. It's so insane. When, yeah. Everybody's indoctrinated with that belief from such a young age they that do. everybody believes it. Well, look, it's where you're born is what you're going to believe. It's, isn't that the case? That's the case. And I, I, you know, I was probably 17 or 18 years old and I, I told somebody that we had a cat that was part raccoon and part cat and everybody laughed at me and when i stopped to think about it at that time i thought yeah you're right you know cats and raccoons don't breed but my 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 father told me that as a joke when i was a little tiny kid 
but I was so young that I, I didn't realize that it was just a joke and my father teasing me. And there I was at 18 years old, still thinking that the cat that we had had as a little kid was part raccoon. <laughs> and if, if you're told something that's absolutely crazy as a kid, if nobody you know sets you straight as an adult, you'll still believe it. And uh, yeah. everybody grows up believing in Santa Claus. And they get to be an adult and people tell them Santa Claus isn't real. But everybody grows up believing in the, the moral authority of government. But if you stop to think about it for a moment, government's just made up of people just like you and me. And they have no more of a moral right to boss anybody around than you or I have a right to boss somebody else around. And uh, the answer is they don't have that right. They don't, have, everybody they don't have the right. Just like they believe in Santa Claus. Yeah. And, I, I agree. and talking about the, the space and the, and the chat room, some people are talking about uh, – in terms of uh, where, where you invest or what you look to invest in utility, uh, you are not a Bitcoin maximalist. I am not a Bitcoin maximalist. Is that correct? I've never been a Bitcoin maximalist. In fact, if you go on on you know some early YouTube, maybe you can find me in 2012 or 2013 saying that I hope something that better than Bitcoin comes along because then we all get to use it and benefit from that. Just like I hope something better than my current iPhone comes along because we can all get to benefit from that like that's that's the entire name of the game is we want better things to come along for everybody to use you know year after year that's how the world becomes a better place so i hope something even better than bitcoin cash comes along and if and when that does i'll be out there promoting that too because that's how the world moves forward so, so roger let me ask you a question um looking at regulatory clarity i, I know sometimes conversations will go that they, they think this will happen they think that'll happen i'd like to get your thoughts your perspective on the fact of do you think we'll see regulatory clarity to a place where uh, certain coins will be made to be on a permission ledger or permissionless ledger or something like that to have the kind of trackability and control at some point due to regulatory clarity? Do you think the market gets that refined or no? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, when I first got involved in, in Bitcoin, there there were two paths that I saw cryptocurrencies going. Mm -hmm. One is which in, every individual is in complete control of their own money, and they can do what they want with their own money without any permission. Right. And the, the, the second terrifying path is that everybody's using the money in which the government can track every last little thing that everybody does with their money, and the government has complete control and complete insight into what everybody's doing with every last piece of money. And my goal was to push adoption as fast as we possibly could. So everybody would be using cryptocurrency so fast that the, the politicians wouldn't know what hit them. And it's too late. The cat's out of the bag. Everybody's using cryptocurrency and it's too late to, to change anything. And I, love it. I think we're teetering on the edge. I think we're teetering on the edge at this point. We lost so much time and so much adoption with the Bitcoin civil war and, and the delayed adoption that now the government people are starting to catch up and they're starting, you know, we already saw pushback from Germany and France on Facebook's Libra and, Facebook was interested in building on top of Bitcoin, but the scalability was blocked for, for Bitcoin, so it wasn't an option. And same story with Vitalik and, and, and Ethereum. And so uh, you know, now I think Bitcoin Cash is one of the most scalable blockchains that already has a lot of traction, and uh, we're working on it. So uh, I think there's a fork in the road. Do we go down the George Orwell uh, you know, version where the government's spying and controlling on absolutely everything that everybody does with every last financial transaction? Or do, do we go down the road that I'm trying to build with Bitcoin Cash, which everybody has complete control over their own money and they, they can do whatever they want with it without being spied upon or, or needing permission from politicians? And it's not a tough decision in my mind, but the, lots of politicians want to go down the yeah. other road. So yeah. uh, and, we need to hurry up and build the tools to enable the, the good road. Yeah, and what I, what I love about you, Roger, is that because you said it early on, there is only so much time in the day. You cannot work on projects for 2,000 different tokens, coins, digital assets around the world. 
you found the one that for you, you can use, that you can build the utility, you can bring the adoption, you can bring on the partners, you, you know, from a regulatory standpoint would pass the test of time. And Bitcoin Cash is one of the best in the market to be able to do that. Um, talk more about Bitcoin Cash for, for people that are listening in that don't know much about uh, crypto. There are some people new to the space. Bitcoin Cash um, is, is newer than Bitcoin, is it not? Well, I, I'm going to give you a word-for-word -word speech I've been giving since 2011. And this speech completely applies to Bitcoin Cash. It no longer applies to what everybody's calling Bitcoin. But what I've been telling people since 2011 is that Bitcoin allows you to send and receive any amount of money with anyone anywhere in the world instantly, basically for free, and there's nothing that anybody can do to stop it. And that speech used to be true about what people are calling Bitcoin today, but it's no longer true about that. It's still completely true about Bitcoin Cash. So in my worldview, Bitcoin Cash has all the economic characteristics that made Bitcoin popular to begin with and made Bitcoin this worldwide phenomenon that it is today. And Bitcoin is just riding on its own mm -hmm. coattails and name recognition that people like myself built up for it. But Bitcoin Cash has all those economic characteristics that made Bitcoin popular to begin with. The thing that everybody's calling Bitcoin today no longer does. And that's not an attack on Bitcoin. That's just a statement of fact. Bitcoin Cash literally enables you to send and receive money with anyone, anywhere, instantly, basically for free. Uh, that's an incredibly useful proposition and that's why more and more people all over the world are starting to use it absolutely and it's a fact right and, now and, today yeah there are more there are, if i can finish one, one last part yeah absolutely going, there Roger. are more physical shops there's more physical shops around the world today that accept bitcoin cash than accept the btc version of bitcoin and there may be more physical i'm sorry there may be more online shops that are accepting bitcoin cash that one's harder to calculate but there are certainly more physical places accepting bitcoin cash than bitcoin today and I think that's a sign of, uh, of what's to come in the future. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a great project, but also about diversification, uh, diversifying portfolio. You are very diversified. You, you are not 100% in any one thing. Is that correct? No, that would be uh, oh, that's incredibly a, reckless. To, that would to, be, to that, that. that would be kind of, let, let's talk about that because there are some trolls. There's always trolls in every room, but there's a few trolls that showed up. And it doesn't mean they're wrong because they feel what they feel. But for them, it's 100%. They got to go all in it. And I liken cryptocurrency to like religion. Goodbye. Cryptocurrencies like religion. Um, everybody believes theirs is the only one. Um, I think we actually just lost him for a second. I think he's gonna come back on. He hung up. He didn't hang up on us. He'll, he'll die back in. Is that us? Do we lose him? And just to let everybody know, he, Roger Ver is in Tokyo talking to us. That was a pretty great connect connection compared to when we first got him on the phone. So. Yeah, guys, and and you can understand that what we don't want to make we don't want to make anybody feel as if we're attack mode. And and quite frankly. I am diversified. I am not 100% in. And I, from, a, yeah. from an investment standpoint, I do not think it is wise to be all in on one thing. But that doesn't mean that's, that's right for me. Um, and we get people on this show by treating people with respect, uh, the respect that they deserve. Exactly. And let's talk about what they're doing, what they're passionate about, and why they believe what they believe. Exactly. Judgment-free zone. Exactly. And, and I, I got to be honest, I mean, I'm loving... Welcome to Zoom. Enter your meeting ID, followed by Love pound. Love we're hearing from Roger right now. Yeah, he's and a good dude. Roger's yeah, just listening to his perspective. You have not entered any numbers. Open. Please re-enter your meeting. And we're getting him on the phone, guys. It's going to get. It's, it's going to be good. Yeah, and I understand this room is is full of people that support XRP. Enter your participant ID. I'm a big supporter myself, but we're trying to make sure the Otherwise, questions are fair. Just press pound to continue. You are in the meeting now. There are two participants in the meeting. Roger, are you there? 
Hey guys, I'm I'm here. I'm not sure what happened. Yeah, what thanks for not thanks for not hanging up. The chat room blew up with wow that that got kicked off. I, I was just about to say that cryptocurrency in many ways is like religion. You know, everybody believes their god is the only one, or, or what they believe is the only one. Uh, crypto seems to bring a lot to the table in that that you become so consumed by one thing that you don't realize that there are lots of other cool projects going on as well. And I think we should cheer on all those other projects. So just like Ford is competing with Chevy, is competing with Toyota, is competing with Tesla, and they all push each other to create better products for more people around the world, the same is true with all these other cryptocurrencies. They're all competing with each other to provide a better quality product that makes you know it's more useful in more people's lives around the world. That competition is a good thing, not a bad thing. So we should be cheering on all these other projects to provide more useful tools for more people around the world. And uh, that's that's my point of view. Well said, brother. Brad, any other questions yeah. for Roger? Well, Roger, would you mind if we went back to a Libra question? Sure. Okay. So I, I looked at the white paper. Have you seen the white paper for Libra, Roger? Uh, I, I haven't had a chance to go through all of it. Uh, yeah. So I, I've seen... I've skimmed it. Okay, yeah, and I was just curious. I, and if you haven't, it's fine. Obviously, it's 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 Libra coin, but it's a stable coin. But it just in the in the white paper, it's always baffled me because they suggested they were going to use a weighted basket of fiat uh, to back a a stable coin, which you know the fiat would be held to monetary policy, and the stable coin would not because it's just now been created, right? And I guess one of the things that I, I wanted to bounce off of you, because listening to you talk about how you think about Bitcoin Cash and find the applications for it and different things to do with it, um, you're very open. I can tell that you, you, you know, you, you talk from a very broad, open way where you don't use a lot of filters that get you too locked in so you can't see an opportunity. It feels like when I looked at the Libra paper, the white paper, right from Jump, you know, there seems to be like just huge problems with that project. And I just couldn't for the life of me figure out why they would use backed weighted fiat in a basket, almost like a SDR, but a SDR is not currency and a stable coin would be, right? So I just want to know if you had any perspective on that. And if you don't, that's fine. I just wanted to address it for the audience. Yeah, my, my guess, and I, I don't have any direct insight into this, but my guess is that the reason they did that is because they were scared that the regulatory blowback would be, and it was already really strong against Libra, but imagine how strong the regulatory blowback would have been if they had come together and said, we're going to make an actual cryptocurrency that's not backed by any government-issued currency. Right. I think the governments around the world would have flipped out a lot more than they already have about Libra, and they already flipped out quite a bit. So that, yeah, that's they really have. As to why. It, it definitely didn't. And uh, we're only going to take one of these questions. A question from the XRP community. Uh, Roger, what do you think about XRP? I'm probably one of the bigger XRP holders uh, outside of the, you know, the, the actual founders of XRP, the original CEO in, in Jet. So uh, I'm a big fan of XRP. It seems to give fast, reliable payments. The, the downside is there's not much actual usage in commerce yet. There's very few websites where you can pay in XRP. I'm not aware of too many mobile wallets that are friendly to use, but uh, as you know, and an investor or a person can put up the seed money to start the company and a holder of lots of XRP, uh, of course, I'm cheering for them. I'm, I'm cheering for for every project out there to go and make the world a better place. Well said, brother. And David Schwartz, he seems like a pretty cool dude. David Schwartz is awesome. So I first met David Schwartz when I was probably I'm 40 now, so I think I first met him when I was 22. And I was at an artificial intelligence conference in uh, Silicon Valley. 
And I remember I was, I was chatting with the guy at that conference. And then I, I met David again, maybe, you know, 13 years after that initial event or 12, at least a decade later. And I was talking with him and all of a sudden it clicked in my mind. I said, I met you before I met you at the artificial, were you at an artificial intelligence conference around the year 2001 ish or so? And he said, yeah, probably. And I remember talking with him and it was very clear that he was a libertarian right off the bat, but then he was also working at the NSA. And I asked him, I said, if you're such a libertarian, why are you working at the NSA? Yeah, that's a conflict. That's like an immediate conflict. (laughs) Immediate conflict. But he got this twinkle in his eye and, and, and this, you know, grin came across the space and, and, and he said because they had me working on the most subversive things imaginable and i i thought that was an interesting reply yeah and, that, that uh, is and a... i do believe david is, is a libertarian and that I, I don't think he's some nsa plant in ripple or anything like that i i really am a big fan of david and have really enjoyed all of my conversations with him yeah he's he's a he's an awesome dude well so yeah roger real quick i have a question and i do not know the answer to this is it is it possible someday because i listen i'm coming here and i'm learning a lot about bitcoin cash today and first of all i'm very impressed with you i'm very impressed what you're telling me about bitcoin cash as a libertarian and as an investor in the uh in the crypto space so i really am learning a lot from you and i'm i'm very glad that you're here and you're letting me talk to you um so i want to ask a question i do not know the answer so uh, uh, is it a possible one day that XRP and Bitcoin Cash could be interoperable? And they're already interoperable in the market, right? You can buy one and sell it for the other. Um, I'm not sure if there's a deeper integration possible, but you know, the, the dollar already interacts with the euro, so there's right. no reason that Bitcoin Cash can interact with XRP. Uh, and uh, anything that works, if it's useful, people are going to use it. And if XRP exactly. is useful, more and more people are going to use it too. Yeah, thank you. And and the reason I asked that is because I'm trying to look long term in the space, right, and and see, you know, where's the fragmentation in this space still compared to like trying to superimpose the traditional markets where things are over top of this new space. And I just try to think about how the interoperability plays into the space and bringing some of these top coins like your coin together in the market, whether it's XRP or some other coin or, or some other network that allows a, an enormous amount of interoperability between all the coins. Yeah, I'm, there's more and more multi-coin wallets, but it, it's it's also confusing for the user, though, too. If you have a, a right. thousand different choices, you can have voice paralysis and you don't make any choice at all sure. because there's too many choices. Uh, I think that's something that people designing this software have to, to be aware of and take into consideration as well. But one fun example of, of, of why I like Bitcoin Cash, the first, the way I got my first Bitcoin ever was from a Bitcoin faucet run by Gavin Andreessen, who just gave away a little bit of Bitcoin to anybody that showed up to the website and asked for it. Well, today we have a Bitcoin Cash faucet that gives about five cents worth of Bitcoin Cash for free to anybody that goes to free.bitcoin.com. So anybody that's listening to this that doesn't have any Bitcoin Cash, you can get about a nickel's worth of Bitcoin Cash for free at free.bitcoin.com. And it goes from our server. I think this, that server is hosted in, in Sweden, I believe. And it'll go right directly to you, to your wallet, anywhere in the world, instantly, for a fraction of penny, a penny. And I think that's a real good way to to feel the magic and see the magic of, of digital currencies and how this is so different than, than PayPal or, 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 you know, dollars or euros or, or, or yen. It's really, really an amazing uh, experience. It is. This is, I tell you something, I, I, this has been eye-opening it, for it, me, it, Roger. It's, it's incredible, Roger. I mean, your insight so backed 
Do you think they're going to launch on time? And if so, will it really have an impact on the market? Or do you think it's already been priced in? Uh, I, I don't have a formed enough opinion on that to, 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 to really comment directly, to be honest. And that's the nice part about cryptocurrencies at this point. There's just so much stuff happening all the time that it's impossible, even for somebody. I, my full-time job for almost a decade now has been following the space, but there's just so much happening. That there's so much. It, it, it's, and, and let me ask you on, on a personal, this is you, that's just two, two boys hanging out, two dudes. Uh, you've reached the spot that all of us, including the people listening in, that, that we want to get to where we can do anything we want to do. You must really enjoy this, that you haven't just decided to, all right, I'm good now. I, I've got, uh, I, I've got it covered. I, I never have to worry financially again. Like, you must really enjoy it. Like, what about crypto is still excites you? Like, you've seen it. You've reached the spot. Like, what is next for you? The, uh, what is next is to continue what I've been doing. But, uh, you know, I, before Bitcoin was invented, I, I was retired. I was hanging out and loving life and, you know, doing jujitsu every day and having a wonderful, wonderful time. But the thing that was I was the most excited about before was, you know, artificial intelligence right now. Human beings are the smartest thing on the entire planet. But if we can create something even smarter than us, then that thing will be able to come up with new and better ideas to help make the world an even better place. But myself, personally, I don't have skills directly to help work on artificial intelligence. But the skills I do have help me to enable the, the rate of economic growth for the entire world to increase. And if I can increase the rate of the world's economic growth, that means we'll achieve the singularity and have superhuman intelligence faster than we otherwise would have. So I see Bitcoin, cash, and cryptocurrencies as my tool to help speed up the rate of economic growth, which would thus increase the, the or, or speed up the amount of time that it takes for us to create, you know, artificial intelligence that can help them solve all of our problems and, and make the world an even more exciting place than it is today. So, uh, so I'm not going to stop that's a, the effort. That, that's, is, uh, I can tell you that that, that means a lot to me because the moment you cash in, I go, well, I, I, who's, who's going to keep innovating the space? I mean, you're the one seeing the problems that we're not like you're fixing them, providing new solutions to things that haven't been developed, haven't been done yet. Who inspires Roger Veer? Like who's the person you look up to? I think, uh, there's lots of economists. Murray Rothbard is probably the single thinker that influenced my worldview the most. For those that don't know, he's an Austrian economist. And, and sadly, he died, I think, in 1995 or somewhere in the 1990s, right around the time I was first becoming aware of him. So I, I never had the chance to meet him in person. But uh, studying economics really will help shape your view of the world and help you understand things much, much, much more deeply. And uh, economics is something that everybody thinks that they understand, but it, 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 they don't. It's so deep and there's so much to understand and so much to study. And the thing I love about books is it's just like, you know, go and pick up a book by Murray Rothbard or Milton Friedman or Adam Smith or, or, or Ludwig von Mises. And it's like you're having a one-on-one -on -one tutoring session with one of the greatest minds to have ever lived, right? So when you pick up a book by one of these, you know, great minds in history – it's like you're getting a one-on-one -on -one tutoring session from these people. And what more could you want out of life? So uh, I guess the, the regret I have about being involved in Bitcoin and cash and cryptocurrency so much is I haven't had as much time to read lately, uh, whereas I used to you know, spend all, the, all my time reading uh, when I wasn't doing my jiu-jitsu or other, other things. And uh, literally, it's like having a one-on-one -on -one tutoring session with the, the greatest minds in all of human history. I, what an exciting, wonderful thing. And you can get that for the cost of a book is like $10. <laughs> What an incredible bargain. So, uh, you know, read, read more books, I guess, is a good piece of advice to, to anybody.
I love the yeah. fact that you're such a communal person with your ideas about your how you want to implement Bitcoin Cash. And that's kind of like what I keep hearing a foundation and a thread within you about what you what you use as a as a as a launching pad for what can I do with Bitcoin Cash. That I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And I, I got a question for you on yeah. on backed when it comes to artificial intelligence. Do you think when AI comes in, manipulation will be seen on a level we haven't experienced? Like right now it's bot versus bot versus what I call Dustin. Like every time I try to buy it, the bot versus bot, and then it hits me. What about the AI approach? What do you see with that? <laughs> I think there's a really good chance that uh, AI will become the, the wealthiest thing on the planet at some point but uh, but it's not a zero-sum game so many people get confused and think that it's a zero-sum game if bill gates has billions of dollars it means i i have less money than it. no the entire world is getting richer and richer you know every single year there's more human beings alive today than at any point in all of human history yet people have a higher standard of living across the entire planet at any point in history and that's because there's more wealth on the planet than ever before and people are creating more and more wealth every single day so once we get you know ai that figures out how to make things even better than we're able to make it that doesn't mean us humans have less it means that all of us have more so that's that's a great, if you study great response you'll understand that and a lot of people get confused and they think that just because you know one guy has more i have less no all of us are helping everybody uh become better off and that's, that's right every single trade is anytime in the market both people are better off after the trade happens otherwise the trade wouldn't take place and the yep. same is true when once humans start trading with you know ai's yeah, and I see this as the single greatest opportunity to create generational wealth. Am I wrong? Uh, no, you're not wrong. So it, it, there's there's two opportunities here. One is unleashing more economic freedom, which creates more economic growth, which creates more wealth. But two is just being ahead of the curve and saying, well, what's the tool that people are going to be using for the future of commerce, right? AI cannot go and open a bank account at Bank of America. AI can use Bitcoin Cash right now today. So, of course, the computers are going to be using digital currencies and cryptocurrencies. So, And if you look around at the digital currencies, the bigger the network effect a digital currency has, the more useful it is. Uh, and so the reason BTC still has this big market cap is because it has the biggest network effect and biggest name recognition. But it doesn't have the most utility in actual commerce. And you see cryptocurrencies like Ethereum with all these ICOs and cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin Cash with its worldwide adoption by merchants. Uh, really taking off and yeah so, it really is if you want to be ahead of the curve you and you invest in something before everybody else that's what i all right so good so I, i'm not wrong <laughs> to tell people single greatest opportunity you ever have it will be in this new asset class that you need to be in it and you need to put i mean you didn't make a big investment in it and you have to be willing to see the i don't know the red candle like does that still scare you by the way like when you see that red candle get lit does roger veer start to panic do you start to sweat a little bit or does it not bug you anymore I, I don't even look at it, to be honest. So I remember in the course of a couple of weeks in 2011, in maybe two and a half weeks, the price of Bitcoin went from around $2 to $30 in, in maybe 10 days or so. Jeez. And then I watched it go from $30 back down to like $15. Oh, so like boy. Drop in half. Jeez. And that was in like 48 hours or so. And then from $15, it proceeded to go all the way back on down to like less than $2 over the next year or so. Um and I, I wrote it all the way, and I I piled all in. So if I had had more dollars at two dollars, I would have bought even more. But all the money was already in Bitcoin. But I watched it go all the way down and then creep back up. So I um, I'm in this for the long term, not short term speculation. If you look at the underlying economic usefulness in commerce, I I can buy lunch at dozens of places across Tokyo 
in Bitcoin Cash today. Immediately. I can't do that with any other cryptocurrency. It, it, immediately. Right immediately. Now, and they don't, and their fees. Like, sure. And by the way, and I think we, we all agree that these vendors, they, they don't make more money these days. They, they get hit with new fees. Their, their rent's going up, the, the, to keep the electricity on, that the cost of gas, everything else inflation. And they can't just say, oh, we're going to charge 20% more on food because they lose buyers. They've got to find the savings somewhere. And what it, it sounds to me that digital assets and Bitcoin Cash, uh, XRP and Ethereum, any of the other out there where you can actually use it to, to pay for something, that it's providing them a value, not just the, not just the, the customer, but it's also giving the, the business. Isn't that right? Yeah, if it wasn't useful, they wouldn't be using it. So it helps them get new customers. And then once they have it, they can save 20% on Amazon using purse.io. And there's this whole ecosystem that's developing all over the world. Uh, I, I, I'm just always amazed when I see the ingenious ways people are figuring out how to use this to improve their lives. And that, that's the human condition is figuring yeah. out how to use how do we the do tools that? that we have around us in our lives. How do we use those to make our lives better? And people are using cryptocurrencies to do exactly that and that's I, why i like them i i love it because it, it it talks what you're talking about is like the the velocity of money and the effect on humanity and it's really not a small thing is it it's it's really quite profound where where this space is going and what's going to happen the invention of money and trade is is probably one of the most important inventions ever in, in all human history probably and I want to think about it a little bit more, but I think that's probably the most important thing is the invention of the division of labor and trade. And that's what's allowed mankind to to build this amazing worldwide society that we have today. And without that, it, it wouldn't be possible at all. Absolutely. And, and have you seen, Roger, here domestically in the U.S., uh, the Fed pumping money into the overnight market? Have you seen that? I, I haven't paid close attention to that now because I'm, I'm busy living in the in the cryptocurrency economy and all of my income is in, in cryptocurrency and almost all of my expenses are in cryptocurrency. So, that's uh, incredible. So, uh, that's, oh, that's, so that's you're not, yeah, uh, yeah, without naming people, uh, I don't know, I guess outside here, but you are heavily invested in this. This isn't just, uh, you've already cashed out and you're, you're pulling us all along. It, this is your life. <laughs> this is the future, right? Why would I live in the past? That's right. So, I, I still don't use dial-up modems. I'm using fast <laughs> broadband connections. Why would I use the old round pieces of metal dug up out of the ground as money when I can use cryptocurrency? So it's it's not even a it's not a tough decision at all. I will be going home and getting Bitcoin Cash, Roger. I, that's happening today. Well, I can tell you. And then check out Personal and, and save twenty percent on Amazon. Yeah. I mean, it's so incredibly useful. And then if you have a business and you want to start accepting Bitcoin Cash, go in the App Store or the Google Play Store and search for Bitcoin Cash Register app. It literally takes longer to download the app than it does to start using it. Uh, it's basically a safe app for any any clerk working the cash register can accept Bitcoin Cash payments, and it forwards automatically to the owner's wallet or the, or the owner's Coinbase account or Binance account, or it just forwards the money to whatever address the owner specifies. And it's a super, super fantastically uh, easy tool to use to start accepting Bitcoin Cash at any business. And uh, it's called Bitcoin Cash Register. Absolutely. And, and Roger, are you aware of the lawsuit that's currently uh, uh, up against Ripple right now about it being a security, not a security to class action suit? Are you aware of that? Uh, I, I've heard part of it. I'm what a bunch of busybodies. Like, if you don't like something, this is security, don't buy it. Like, why, are they, why the hell do they attack? I appreciate you doing that because the other day my wife purchased shampoo and this freaking thing was like $9. I go, you came like a gallon. It would be about $800 per gallon. No one's suing them. Like, why are we going after people that are actually creating value, creating solutions that, by the way, and we agree, 
will ultimately extend lives. We're talking about the extension and helping mankind and womankind, I mean, sexist in many ways. Why are we so quick to throw stones at companies like Ripple? Maybe I'm a little bit pessimistic, but I, I think what's going on with you know, the government looking at all this sort of stuff, I think government specifically, they look at who has the money and then they find a way to shake them down. But they do it under the guise of, oh, we're protecting consumers or we're doing this or that. And they try to make it look like something that's good when in reality it's just a shakedown to get more money. And haven't you, I have to imagine, Roger, because you've been in this for so long that the, the central banks, the bankers of the world uh, have, I don't want to say the word sent henchmen, but you've probably had many threats over the years. <laughs> um, I, I, I imagine that has to be the case. I mean, why is this space so frightening to everybody? Why is it, why is it so scary? I mean, it shouldn't matter, right? Like, why are people so intimidated? Well, and if, if you had, you know, no morals and you had a magic money printing machine in your basement that you could print as much money at any time for any reason and spend it on whatever you want and give it out to your friends and, and you know, literally do whatever you want with this money at any time and not, nobody could stop you, you'd be pretty mad if someone was busy trying to stop you. And that's what cryptocurrencies are doing to central banks. If you or I counterfeit money, we go to jail for counterfeiting because it's stealing value from everybody else in the world. Oh, yeah. And insider trading, bank, I'm sure it doesn't happen on their side of the fence. <laughs> of course not, right? Yeah. They, they can just bank, pass a bill. Going, when they print a bunch of money, though, too, they call it fancy things like you know quantitative easing or economic stimulus. But it's detrimental to the world's economy for the exact same reasons that counterfeiting is. Yet, uh Yet they get this free pass because people are taught in school like that, oh, this is for people that are smarter than you and you shouldn't question what they're doing. You just need to obey and believe them. But no, it, it's detrimental to the economy for the exact same reason counterfeiting is. And now we have a tool to put a stop to that with the invention of cryptocurrency. We just have to start using cryptocurrency as currency instead of these uh, old archaic uh, legacy currencies. So why is it now? I, today, I used my crypto.com card, the MCO card, probably I think at least five or six times. Uh, to buy things. Why aren't like, while there are many of us in the community that we, we like to hodl, why aren't we using cards like that? Or why aren't we using Bitcoin wallet or Bit Bitcoin cash wallet? Or why aren't we using one of the others to buy stuff? Like, why are we still supporting the mob? Like, why do you think that is? I, I think it's up to us, right? To go and tell our friends and family and show them how to set up these wallets and build these tools and start using it and asking employers, hey, Start paying in cryptocurrency. And, what a great and every idea. Every time you need to pay somebody, yeah. start paying them in cryptocurrency. I mean, why, it's up to us to, to spread this. Like, why no, wouldn't we be paid no per, per minute, per per hour? Like, why why couldn't this be done? I mean, this. I mean, I'm sure you're probably already working up a solution where it's easy just to click a box and you can pay your employees real time. Yeah, we're working on, on doing that exactly that exact thing, actually. Funny you should mention that. And, uh, <laughs> wow. Look for a solution on that, hopefully before the end of the year. All right, there's a project out there people have asked me to ask you about. Uh, I'm also familiar with them. Uh, I apologize if I butcher the name. I've never actually had to say it out loud. Zinfin, X-I-N-F-I-N. Uh, familiar with it at all? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm mildly familiar with it. I agreed to be uh, an advisor for them. I haven't talked to them currently. Uh, so I'm not up to date with their current status, so I, I can't comment I, more, I, more than that. I, I appreciate uh, that. I wish every project good luck. Yeah, I, I know you do. Well, Roger, we've taken a lot of your time today. Hopefully this has been as entertaining for you as it has been for, for myself and my partner Brad here, and you and I can talk offline. Uh, but it's been an honor to have you it's, on the show. Pleasure and honor fantastic. for fantastic. Thank you guys so much for the opportunity. Thank you, Roger. Appreciate All you, right. man. Life's tough, but Bitcoin Cash, or in this case, uh, 
chairman of Bitcoin.com, Roger Veer. He's definitely tougher, and he's a good dude as well. For those of you out there, please support him. Go to Bitcoin.com, follow his projects, follow him online. As you can see, he is not a Bitcoin maximalist. He is not a one to rule them all. He's invested in many projects. So one last time, Roger, just because the room has a lot of new people in it, would you talk about the many digital assets that you are very fond of? Uh, pretty much all the top market cap digital assets and uh, the ones that are trying to facilitate people actually being using them in commerce. And a good place to look for that is look at darknet markets and see which currencies they're using. That's a really good sign as to which currency works the best as a currency if they're using it in darknet markets. And I heard about Bitcoin for the first time because of the Silk Road. Uh, I thought, what kind of money are they using? So if you want to look at what the, the, the future currencies are, look at what people are using in darknet markets. I think that's a good indication. Wow. Fantastic. Well, again, Roger, thank you so much for supporting the show. Life's tough. Roger Veer is tougher. Thanks for joining us, Roger. Thanks, guys. Wow. Roger Veer, guys. That's incredible. All what right. a great guy. I'm going and getting Bitcoin cash when I, I get home. I can tell you guys, I mean, it opens the door to discussion. I mean, many of you, I understand why it's easy to become 100% gung-ho about XRP. You see the utility, you, you see the excitement, the people. You just heard from Roger Veer himself that he is one of the biggest bag holders on the planet. He is one of the biggest owners of XRP in the United States, in the world, all around the planet. One of the questions is, why isn't he all in? He's, guys, how much more do you want him to buy? <laughs> like, no, no, but, but seriously, what do you want him to do? He, he already is one of the biggest owners in the world, outside of, I don't know, a few of the others. He supports projects because at the end of the day, they are working together. There's utility all around us. All of these projects, he wants them to succeed. He is not a maximalist. This is not a guy that came on just to, to pitch Bitcoin Cash only, but that's the project that he's excited about. That's the thing he's passionate about. You know why? Because there's a David Schwartz over there right now. They already have a big team at Ripple. He's got a massive team, and they're focusing on a solution. He's using Bitcoin Cash to focus on another solution. He's also one of the most brilliant in the space. So what do you think? And one of the, one of the things that really blew me away about this interview with Roger is, is finding out how early he was involved with Jeb Michaelis. He sure did. In, in he supported him. And that was remarkable. He financed. You heard him listen to the stream from the beginning. Exactly. He was involved with financing these people. <laughs> exactly. This is a person that wants Ripple to succeed. And the whole crypto space. What a great perspective on this guy. Incredible. Yeah. I want to meet him. Great insight. Yeah. Really would look forward to meeting Roger Verd. No doubt about it. All right, guys. Well, we're going to be closing down the show. Uh, can you tell Brad, Matt Richter, oh matt richter chat. 20 dollars super chat thank you so much matt richter you're amazing brother i'm sorry it's very difficult the phone is really far away from us and the stream here is also my eyes are bad you know what i mean but matt you're amazing thank you so much thank all of you i did see somebody put in the stream we were somewhere over 400 people in that neighborhood yeah so a little light tonight but all of you got a real earful from somebody who's really in the space bringing a lot to this entire crypto space. It's unbelievable yeah. what he's doing. Solid guy, great guy. Yes. All right, from the Alston Carlisle studio here in Baltimore, Maryland. It, before oh, you go, you, you got to shout out a couple of Oh, them. I'm so sorry. Gotta we we got to do this a little old fashioned. Our executive producer, hold up a second. All right, we're going to do a shout out now to happy birthday. Happy birthday. Let's back up. Jayhawk, XRP Panic, Josh Durham, 
Reggie Menard, Ricky, Richie, XRP Rich, Crypto Life, Sandil. Sorry, guys, my sore throat's killing me. Brent Thomas, The Viscount, Chaplin XRP, Jeff Andy, Crypto Q, Crypto Tarzan, Ben Green, Bill, I liked your question tonight, Bill, uh, Muffinhead 12, Bill Wilson, Technical Guru, Aral Nova, Kathleen McGimsey, Skiffles, Roll A420, <laughs> that's a funny name, Miss Backup, <laughs> Josh, I'm going to say it out loud, Roll A420, yo, yo, Josh Durham, Aaron Valent, Dalton Roberts, Stackin' Zerps, baby. Beach Live, that's where we're going to live. Mickey Holm, or Mick Holm. Miss Backup, what's up? Torchy Burns, Colette McDonald, Digital Nomad Investor. Uh, Yasin Yasin, XRP Carolina. Thank you very much. We enjoyed ourselves. Julio Soto, whoop, whoop, whoop. Uh, JD84, Flooring Guy, Beach Life. We're going to do this all the way to the bottom. Be more paint that shirt team <laughs> you really got a guy that says his yeah. name is paint that yeah, shirt sure. team yeah i like it moorish prince a raw bill aaron valette Lamy j the blu-ray critic doug simpson operation xrp doc callum jp j ray i or j ray a yasin yasin sophie the viscount notorious xrps in the room notorious Kerman, j ray i'm gonna say your names again floor guy j ray j ray about mr b and we got a shout out, digital asset. Oh, digital investor asset investor for stopping through the stream. He's very, amazing. very cool. Be brave, Doug Simpson, Holly Molly, Perry Towson, Jimmy Crypto, Rendeo, Rendeo, the Viscount, Charles Hunter. Oh yeah, paint that shirt team. Miss B, J Ray. <laughs> I ain't saying it. S H I T house door on a tuna boat. That's right. You can say that word. Yeah. Boat. Yeah. Crap house door on a tuna boat. Sorry. This is a PG <laughs> show. Jeff Hardy, XRP Gandhi, Skiffles, Julio Solo, JMJ 2022 XRP. This can go on all night, can it? Ripples, Stiltash, S house floor on a tuna boat. Be brave. This guy is top notch. Big Joe, Christina Johnson, Bill, Bill. I ain't saying your name. John Simpson. XRP since birth, kindergarten, crypto, Kid Ray, Notorious XRP, Viscount, and that's it. From the Austin Carlisle studio, I'm Dustin Planholt. Life's tough, crypto is tougher. Thanks for joining us, everybody.